You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Double tackle. Take the defensive end if he's over. If he's not, he's down the first man who's inside. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You know, I'm just chilling over here trying to chew up my now and later candy. And I got people in the chat putting pressure on me to go live saying that we were late. And I don't appreciate it. I just want you to know that, Goose. All right. So that's how we're going to start this show. Everybody in there telling me Lombardi would be disappointed. I don't appreciate it. But uh, appreciate the chat already filling up. You guys are Showing up in full force tonight as we're going to talk some uh, talk some Green Bay Packers. Like was already said in the chat here, fellas, we got a couple of new Packers, looks like. Kevin Wolf mentioned that we have, uh, let's see here, we've got linebacker Marvin Pierre, RAS 9.08, and cornerback Elijah Hamilton, RAS 8.79. So that's pretty exciting stuff there. Jacob, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. I had kind of a half day. Mondays, I got to be up at 4 a.m. and do inventory, but then I kind of get the day off, so... I was looking at some stats, and thanks a lot, Kevin. You stole one of my cool stats, which was RAS of 9.08 for uh, <laughs> for Marvin Pierre. But whatever. Whatever. But, yeah, that's cool. And then the uh, Elijah Hamilton at 8.79. I'm, they're probably going to be some, you know, just camp guys. That, but who knows? Who knows? That inside linebacker spot, that could be – if we get a, an injury, that's that's one that I'm watching. Sure could, man. Um, Tim, how you doing, Bubba? Doing good, man. Glad to be here. Good. We're glad to have you, man. We're glad to have you. Let's just kind of jump into the meat and taters right off the bat, boys. Um, Jordan Love. Let's do a little Jordan Love talk. Y'all good with that? Absolutely. So, yeah. Jacob was sending me some stuff earlier today, and it's hilarious how the media has completely shifted all of a sudden. I know preseason games don't matter, but now all of a sudden everybody's on the Jordan Love hype train. 
And what I want to do is just take a second and kind of remind people of what was being said. Because I'm not going to allow the media to take this underdog role from us. First of all, everyone predicted us to finish dead last in the North, put it on the ticker, okay? Everybody was talking about how Jordan Love, you know, isn't going to amount to anything. If he was any good, then he would have unseated the reigning MVP as the starting quarterback, right? Um, Adam Shine said, quote, he can't play football. Colin Coward said, quote, at best, he's a game manager, right? People everywhere in the media, they all said these things, right? And then all of a sudden this morning, like I said, Jacob sent me a couple clips on Get Up. They were bragging on him like he's just, oh, we, we knew Jordan Love was going to be good. Right. I mean, literally, Greeny, Greeny, Orlovsky, Dominique, Jeff Darlington, all of them just gushing over Jordan Love all of a sudden. Rich Eisen today on his podcast, which you guys, he couldn't believe that the Green Bay Packers were willing to let Aaron Rodgers walk, right? Basically alluding to that Jordan Love was going to stink. Now, all of a sudden today, Rich Eisen said, quote, everyone prepare yourselves for Jordan Love to be really good over a preseason game. So now they're just going to kind of circle back around and pretend like, hey, look, guys, no, we, we said it all along. Jordan Love was good. I think it's hilarious how they've taken this complete turn. And, and again, what it, you can look at the statistics from the preseason. You can look at what he did against the Eagles. Heck, you can even look at what he did with the Chiefs. People say he had a horrible game with the Chiefs. He outperformed Mahomes in that game. <laughs> Like, okay, you look at all those things, but I'm telling you the one thing that sticks out to me, Jacob, when I look at Jordan Love and go, this feels this feels like this is going to work out, Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy were willing to move on from a four-time MVP who still wanted to play football to give the keys to Jordan Love. That says more than anything. If Goody doesn't have faith in Jordan Love and he flops, it costs him his job. There's no doubt about it. He loses his job if Jordan Love is no good. That that one fact in the whole matter is what gives me the most confidence in Jordan Love. But what was your take on all this stuff, man? Just judging by the text messages I got from you earlier today, Jacob, you seem a little irritated, Buck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anybody knows me, they know I'm not a fan of the media of any kind. Sports media has just gone so down the drain in, in so many recent years that I just – it's, it's the fact that they have the audacity to say these things and think that the internet isn't a thing and that we have archives. And that some of it was like stuff you said a week before. I mean, I'm looking right here. I have snapshots. Colin Coward has the audacity to put the herd and like the title of his little clip is, and this is on his YouTube channel. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers have a chance to contend, contend Super Bowl with Jordan Love. Like, <laughs> what, dude? And then when you listen to him, like we talked about just the two seconds before we went live, he's so arrogant in the way that we all know that Jordan Love has a great coach and a great offensive play scheming me in mind, and he's got the arm. And if we can just put it all together, we all know they could be like a 10-win team. It's like, no, we, you didn't say that about Jordan Love like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, you sat up there with your stupid face, and you just sat there and basically kind of said how he was a game man. Stupid face, just your stupid weird face, well, and uh, just the way that he—you said he was a game manager at best, and that's—it's not just him. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's a clickbait champion. So, Dan, the Dan Patrick Show, 
six hours ago, his YouTube channel posted, should fans already be falling in love with Jordan Love? Question mark. Let's look at what you already talked about. Uh, Rich Eisen, <clears throat> his YouTube channel. Don't be shocked if Jordan Love excels for the Packers. I just, I can't believe they look each other like this. Uh, Luke Beller shared one that the tides are turning, referencing the Get Up podcast that they shared on ESPN, saying Jordan Love makes the Packers a threat, plus the NFC East, blah, blah, blah. But, and then there's one there was just, you know, just random headlines went from things like, is Jordan Love a liability? Is Jordan Love going to be? Today, uh, I saw headlines like Bill Belichick reveals thoughts on Packers Jordan Love. And then when the first thing you click on is it's better than you thought it would, you know, it's just so clickbaity. And then we looked on um, ESPN. <laughs> ESPN, I always put on, I don't know why I do that, but I don't know why I give them views. But every time I, w I wake up and I get to the job, we have one big TV out front. So I just put on sports just to have that as, you know, background noise is what I always do usually. And I was amazed. That's where I started grabbing just snapshots. I'd be walking through doing inventory and then I'd look up, oh, they're talking about the Packers again. Wow. I just saw a segment on the Packers and I'd take a snapshot, send it to Clayton. And then I'd stop and listen and look up and listen for like three minutes. And all of a sudden it wasn't Jordan loves such an unknown player. Jordan loves blah, 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 blah. It's Jordan love is looking really good. His hitch is good. His three strip drop. He's looking how to read really well. He's got some wide receivers. It's got a young, talented team. And it's like, well, what the, f I thought that we just were told for the last three months straight, that we're a garbage team filled with garbage recruiters, filled with garbage staff, filled with, you know. And so I'm um, – that being said, when we take away all the media nonsense and you look at what Jordan Love has done, there's reason to be optimistic. I mean, the guy had an 86.9 offensive grade last game. And in preseason, as we've all been – it's been drilled into our heads. you got to take that with a grain of salt, but – he was going up against some ones. We saw a specific situation where he was very knowledgeable when he went for that scramble, knowing there's a guy behind him, knowing there's guys in front of him trying to get down with the slide. He got tackled. He showed that he had guts and moxie and a little bit of attitude when he got up and was like, do not, you know, you don't, you don't touch me. The, the offensive lineman came up to him, uh, came up to his defense. And then basically it was in that, what the next play that he threw that dart to Jaden Reed for a touchdown and it was like a sidearm Pat Mahomes throw. And I'm pretty sure that maybe it's that type of response where they're like, Oh my God, he actually just went against the number one team or number one team, number one um, defense for the Pats. The Pats are supposed to have a really good defense this year. They're coached by Bill Belichick. They're always going to have a good team. He did a sidearm throw, like a very Pat Mahomes esque throw. And then he showed that like attitude afterwards, man. Like he looked like a, just a dog, man. And we've got a bunch of, We'll get into it later. We have some great wide receivers that are seemingly uh, vibing with the guy. I don't know at this point, why are you not high on Jordan Love? How can you not be all the, everything he's been sitting, this is year four, right? He's been with the same offensive coordinator, same coach. He's comfortable. He's finally a leader. He's showing that he's got a lot of charisma, talent. He's got the hard countdown. He's got great footwork. He's got a good hitch. Like Jordan Love is ready guys. And he's people are now all of a sudden they pretend like it's that they've known it all along. Oh my God. Yeah. And Jarrell in the chat said, I like Dan Orlovsky. I do too. And I will say this about Dan of those four that I mentioned on get up, Dan has kind of been on Jordan's side this whole time. He's pointed out film study back in March where he was showing like, Hey, look, Jordan, Jordan can play within this scheme. He can play within this system. I think they've got a good quarterback here. He's one of the only people that we mentioned. And it just so happens he had to be on that set you know, with uh, with the others that have kind of critiqued him. But what do you think, Tim, real quick, man, 
about this whole Jordan Love thing? What, what comes to mind for you? Well, with the media, I mean, I forgot who said this quote, but it's something along the lines of if you're 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 not watching the news, you're uninformed. And if you are watching the news, you're misinformed. That's so Denzel Washington. Yeah, it's like Denzel's so, man. I love that guy. If we want to, I'm with you, Jacob, man. Like with, when it comes to like whatever we want to call it, mainstream, whatever, sports media, whatever. It's like if you want to gauge the barometer, just you know, figure out which way the wind's blowing that particular day. And that'll be what, what everyone's going to talk about. And, and very quickly, a lot of people will latch on to, to each other's narratives and then it becomes the narrative. And what's missing yeah. in a lot of these is like you alluded to Jacob is constructive thought. Like, let's look at how this guy's playing football and let's get away from, you know, who's going to be the first one to, to say it when they pull our receipts halfway through the season and, you know, the Packers are eight and one or something, you know, like Jordan Love has potential. And it's obvious because that's why he's in the position he's in now. He He's the, the lineage continues. I believed this since the moment we drafted him and Aaron Rodgers got all upset about it. I knew it. And here we are. And we're on the we're on the cusp of actually getting to see this guy go out here and prove what he's able to do. I, I've been a believer since day one, and I'm not I'm not saying that as a hot take or whatever, but, I mean, like you said, Jacob, look at the mechanics, look at the top of the drop. Hell, look at the progression reads. Look at the ability to adjust on the in a split second and call a play if you need to. Um, this guy is ready to play, and I'm excited to see it. So I'm the hell with ESPN, man. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely, they look at the way he holds the safety. That's the thing I'm most impressed about. The way he's manipulating the safeties and the, and the inside linebackers with his eyes. It's really impressive. It is. And let's go to the phones here real quick. We've got Dakota in Tennessee. See if we can get okay. him in here. Mr. Dakota, how you doing, bub? Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm at work, but I actually caught like <laughs> a couple minutes of chill time. This is kind of crazy. Heck yeah, man! How you how you been doing today, dude? What's uh, what's going on at the workplace? You got any critters running around over there on the park? Well, I've got a couple critters and, and some near duels as well. So it's it's been an eventful day. I recovered. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, th there was a, a van that I found that now somebody else has. So had some fun today. Got it. Got it. Mm. As far as Packers, I don't know how much of this Jordan Love talk you you heard us talking about with the media all of a sudden being on the hot train, but uh, uh, what's what's on your mind Packers-wise that you'd like to talk about, bro? Man, I did hear that uh, y'all talk about Jordan Love, and of course, I've I started out, you know, being nervous about Jordan Love, and then seeing him kind of build on on uh, everything he's been doing in the past, build on, you know, improve this year in practices. And I'm just, you know, watching – I like to watch Twitter people. That's, that's like a special kind of people watching. Um, because <laughs> special people, you mean. Special it, people. Yeah, it's special people watching is what it is, <laughs> man. That was this dude on Twitter today. Somebody said something about Jordan Love being QB1, and, and they, he's like, I want him to – I want Jordan Love to succeed more than you do, but we can't call him QB1 yet. We don't know if he's any good. I'm like – you, you know what QB1 means, man? It, it just means he gets the ball. Like, he's yeah, the first he one that touches the ball. But anyway. He's um, QB1. <laughs> That's fine. Hey. But anyway, no, I, just, I, I decided to, 
Yeah, to to inform him what QB one was, and I haven't heard anything back from him yet. So that's usually how that goes. By the way, I, yeah. I put a clip up earlier today, kind of kind of calling on this whole thing, and it's funny some of the responses I got. It's one preseason game. I'm so glad that people are reminding me that it's one preseason game. I forgot. I thought we were in week twelve. You know, my goodness. But uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, what else? Uh, what else are you excited about with the Packers before we let you go, big dog? Man, I'm excited about the whole thing. Um, I, I know that we have so many position groups that are doing better than we thought. I mean, another thing, I, was going, I guess I'm talking about Twitter today. Another thing I saw on Twitter, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he, he's a guy that I like to follow. Um, and he even put a poll up. He said, uh, who do you, or which position group do you think is the deepest? And of course, he said, Ed, you know, corner. I think he put safety on there, but I'm pretty sure that was a joke. And then, um, you know, inside linebacker. And I was like, dude, you forgot, like, the D-line. The D-line's killer. And he's like, man, there's so many groups on here that we're, we're so uh, – well, we didn't know this more. We weren't this excited to begin with, and we're just excited. I mean, the wide receivers are freaking awesome, um, and they're all babies, all babies. I mean, it's – I'm excited about all of it, to be honest. I mean, a little nervous on safety, but hey, you got to be nervous about something. Yeah, no doubt. All right, man. Well, we uh, we got Garrett hopping on or Garrison hopping on here. So is there anything that you got before we let you go, Dakota? No, man. I just wanted to hop on and say, hey, I uh, hope everybody's having a good time. And uh, yeah, that's it. So peace out, y'all. Sounds good. Hey, you go, go easy on those critters out there, all right? Absolutely. All right. <laughs> See you both. All right, let's go to the phones here. We got Garrison in the house. Garrison, how you doing, man? Look at that hey, hat. Well, you guys doing? Hold on, man. First of all, where'd you get this hat? Dude, that hat is sick. Dude, Packers Pro Shop. I love the throwback stuff. <laughs> same. Absolutely same. Um, cool, man. Uh, we well, appreciate you calling in. It's good to talk to you. What's on your mind tonight, man? I, I mean, I love the Jordan Love talk. I think one thing we kind of lost track of a little bit in that preseason game especially towards the end with the unfortunate last play was Malik Heath. He on that play showed so much energy. He's been super physical. He's been just an absolute dog throughout the year. And I'm just excited because it seems like he's a UDFA, like absolute hit. Yeah, really. I, you know, we're going to talk about the receiver room here in a second. We're going to kind of cut another clip and I'm excited about talking about, it. but Malik Heath to me, man, has been, been kind of the story of camp. I know we've talked about him at nauseum, but that dude's got to make this roster, right, Garrison? Honestly, I mean, and kudos to Brian Gutekunst. I love. I know people love dragging him through the mud for the Jordan Love <laughs> pick, and now they're kind of coming around to our side a little bit. But you know, the Packers with like UDFA guys. I mean, look at someone like Yash, who's you know given us a ton of depth, and it seems like between Malik Heath and Brenton Cox, like. A lot of these guys are going to play a role and find their way on the back of this roster, and I wouldn't be surprised if they move their way up in fast order. Absolutely, man. Very well said. Jacob, you uh, you still excited about Malik Heath, man? I know we're going to talk about him here in a minute, but you're kind of over the moon about him, aren't you? Yeah, man. I just uh, – the more that I get to learn about these guys, it's kind of like every year. I always am a sucker for the late-round guys, the UDFAs like he was talking about, and Malik Heath – the second that we – I'd never heard him in an interview, and we talked about it a little bit last night. He's just a bubbly freaking guy. Like, he is just fun. You can tell that he just wants to have a good time and that he's uh, 
he's just a baller, dude. And like when you say it, we're, we're talking about like, he's a dog. That dude, he is though. He like doesn't. He seems like he didn't care that he, you know, because like you said, dude, <laughs> he was getting led, hang, hung out to dry, and he was taking some hits, and he didn't seem like he's like, yeah, man, come on, keep it, keep it coming. I think he had about five catches for like seventy-five yards or sixty-five yards, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did not shy away. You watch the way he blocks that to me. You know, he, he kind of reminds me of like a George Pickens kind of guy who's yeah. just maybe a little weirdish. Maybe you don't quite know, like, but he just seems like a good dude all around. And he's just a just a freak of nature on the field. And he's, he's one of those wide receivers that if, think about what Matt LaFleur loves about mm-hmm. wide receivers in the, in, the, in the current past history of the Green Bay Packers. Alan Lazard, Malik Taylor, uh, the only reason they like Sammy White, guys that can block, wide receivers that can block. They don't necessarily have to be – he likes guys that are really tall and really big and really freakishly athletes, but he also likes guys that can block. So if Malik Heath is that good and Dontavian Wicks, I believe he had one of the highest uh, run blocking grades. I think it was like a 75.5 run blocking grade. I don't I don't have it in front of me, but he was up there, I know for sure. Um, so that was cool to see. So I, I'm just – this wide receiver group, I'm I'm – over the moon about yeah like i said we'll hit on it here in a second for sure garrison what else you got for us before we let you go ah uh, that's it man i'm just excited to see the see the preseason wrap up and i i live in chicago so i got tickets to the packers bears game opener so i'm just ready to go and rub it in bears fans faces the entire time i'm there so uh, I'll drop off uh, and uh good to good to catch up with you guys you live in chicago you said I live Wait. in Chicago, unfortunately. You got to get a little further up north, man. Get out I, of I, got, I got to move north. I hear you. I hear you, man. <laughs> hey, it's good to meet you. It's good to put a face with a name. And I appreciate you hopping on, Bo. All right. Talk to you guys later. Yeah, take care, man. See you. That was Garrison. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let's do it. Let's talk about the wide receiver room, gang. Um, you know, when you talk about Jordan Love and, and his potential, Tim, um, obviously you got to look at the targets, right? You got to look at who he's throwing the football to. You can have a great quarterback, but if you don't have, you know, a solid, steady stable of targets, whether it's wide receiver, tight end, what have you, um, you're going to struggle, man. You're going to struggle, especially the first year as a starter. But man, when you see the way these guys have, have kind of come along this year, it's, it's hard not to get excited. I mean, you've got Christian Watson. The big thing that sticks out to me is, you know, how much he's bulked up and, and you can see an improvement in his hands. His hands look, way better this year I don't it just it's like he's snap there's no more body catching with Christian Watson he's snatching the ball out of the air Romeo Dobbs you know isn't it amazing that he's just all of a certain all of a sudden turned into a uh, contested catch machine like you guys remember him mossing Jair Alexander in training camp and immediately everybody was going oh it wasn't really a moss and Jair wasn't really trying blah 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 then he comes out against the Patriots and he mossed the New England defender Toe tap on the sideline. Oh, by the way, 91 PFF grade in that game. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe maybe it is just a flash in the pan. Maybe it is a fluke. Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed's probably the most polished rookie I've seen in Green Bay in a very long time, probably since Corey Lindsley. That's the one that came to mind. Not even Devontae Adams. I mean, Devontae Adams struggled early, right? And you look at positions across the board and people that came into the came into the Packers as a rookie, and it's like, you know. Clay Matthews, maybe, right? That was one that's like, okay, this dude's ready to play right now. Jaden Reed just looks like he's ready to play right now. Luke Musgrave, another one. <clears throat> you know, he struggled in his first game. 
I, when I broke down the tape from the first game there against the Bengals, I thought he showed some good, a lot more good than bad. I thought he blocked decent. I know the PFF grades didn't kind of line up with that, but there was a couple times that I did see, you know, hey, look, he can, he can sift. He can, he can block between, you know, uh, on duo. He can get downfield if he needs to, right? He was doing some promising things in a run blocking. And then this last game against the Patriots, he had a 70.3 grade against the Patriots, right? Um, Malik Heath, we just talked about him. Like Malik Heath is an absolute gem. Um, and, and, you know, it's like, it's not only do I, am I, am I so confident that Malik Heath is going to make the roster, but I think he's going to play Tim. I think he's going to see playing time. Um, it, you know, once we get into the regular season, I think he'll be in a steady rotation. I am tempted to say, Hey, look, if he has a grab on this offense and he doesn't, he's not slow to pick up this offense by Matt LaFleur then I wouldn't be surprised if he passes Samori Torre on the, on the, on the depth chart. I really wouldn't. And, and I like Samori Torre, but uh, Tim, what do you think about the receiver room, Bob? Um, I'm, it's another one of these position groups where the depth is pleasantly surprising. Um, and uh, you're absolutely, you took the words out of my mouth with a uh, Christian Watson, man, the hands have just gotten so much better. Um, you can tell he's put in the work. Um, I'm excited about this group. And that's that, you know, you, you mentioned Toure. We, we've been talking about this. If it's six, who, who are the six, you know? So now I look at, you know, Tay Wicks, Malik Heath, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson. And then what? Are we Grant DeBose, Samari Toure? You know, we can have this conversation daily, and we kind of have been, and we could have a different take every day because we're getting to that that crunch time here where we're really going to find out who this group is going to be, but I'm excited about this wide receiver room and you hit it on the head, Clayton, like, you know, Jay love needs targets and he needs reliable targets. And when you combine that with good pass pro man, it could be lights out for this offense this year. And, you know, you bring in Luke Musgrave into the conversation is a great point because really what, what we're talking about here is the guys that are willing to be, you know, double threat. You're a pass catcher and you're a blocker. And that goes for receivers and tight ends. Um, that's that's how this offense runs. This is no secret to us. So I'm, I'm excited about the wide receiver room, guys. Definitely. And, you know, it's funny what Split Screen Gaming said, uh, this front office has done something I've never really seen. They built an entire offense to play together for four, for five or six years. You can kind of see the structure of how it's built. And and when, when guys do come up for contracts, you're going to be able to extend them. Right. I could see them going to Dobbs or Christian Watson a little early to get ahead of the curve and giving them extensions. You know, uh, of course, you can't. If I understood correctly, the rule is you can't you can't re, you can't negotiate a rookie contract until their third year in the league, I believe, is the rule. But regardless, I think they'll get ahead of the curve there and, and save a little money on the backside. But, Jacob, what do you think about the receiver room? And I know we chatted about Malik Heath there a little bit, but what else sticks out to you in the hobby? It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Paul Brettel shared an article today where he did a revised 53-man roster update to what his original was. And what he did was he showed the updated changes compared to what he had the first go-round. So... For instance, in wide receivers, he said originally he would have kept Christian Watson, Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Torrey, Don Tavian, Wicks, and Malik Heath. But after his new updated version, he's keeping seven. He's going Watson, Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Torrey, Don Tavian, Wicks, Malik Heath, and Debose because Debose has kind of showed out. And in my opinion, he has showed that he has some, um, I don't know what you want to call it, moxie talent, some charisma, whatever, shebang. Maybe that, that's it. But uh, he's, he's got whatever you call it. He's got something there. And uh, one thing I will touch on, too, is that the Green Bay Packers offensive grade, I think Ryan popped on it, but I just want to reiterate, we were the number one offensively ranked team overall. We were the second ranked team. And that's just pretty cool. Romeo Dobbs, out of all the wide receivers and all of um, NFL preseason, he's ranked fifth an offensive rank right now in 89.9 <clears throat> or I'm sorry, in uh pass uh, receiving, receiving grades. And Malik Heath is ranked 28th. Like, I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's preseason. Nobody really cares. It's not, nobody's going to chip that in a stone, but looking back at the last game, Malik Heath with the five receptions for 75 yards, Romeo Dobbs with those two really, really, and both really impressive catches. I'd argue now, like people are talking about, I saw who was the comment here. Zane was talking about how Jay Love had only 18 dropbacks and zero pressures. Well, that's you know great because that means that he's going to have time to really sit and pick apart. If if the offensive line is that good and we've seen those grades, that means that he's going to have time to really take his time and pick apart defenses. And these 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 wide receivers, man, they are so talented and they're so deep. They've talked about how young they are. People are really poised on thinking that you know Watson's the guy I'm thinking that Romeo Dobbs is going to sneakily be that number one receiver this year and really be that possession receiver and I think that guys like Musgrave Musgrave's going to get a lot of balls but I, I really do think that Torre I really thought that he was going to be that wide receiver three I think Jaden Reed's clearly now wide receiver three it's got to go Watson 
as more of like a, I would almost say it's more like Dobbs. Watson is like that kind of stretch player, the gadget guy. But I think that Dobbs is that guy that's just more of that possession true X that's going to be more of like the reliable, steady Eddie. And I think that he has more of a rapport built with love right now. But I'm just so excited to think about the fact that we have dudes like DeBose, Reed, <laughs> Torre, and and if Malik Heath makes this team, they're going to make spots for him. And I'm, I'm sure that it'd be great to see Malik Heath on some of these 12 personnel, 22 personnel, if they throw him out there as one of the only wide receivers, knowing that he is a, a run blocking beast and that he can literally block you 10 yards down the field. Like that's exciting to me. I'm that's very exciting to me. So I'm, I'm all around excited, man. It's just, and they're so well-rounded. Like I said, they can catch, they can block, they can run and they're super fast. Yeah, definitely. Now they're, they're, I think you, nailed it there they're they are very very well rounded um something that was mentioned here in the chat andy said uh can't join today but uh what did you guys think of kurt benkert saying love would crush the over on his passing yards over under betting line it's at 3350 and a half i've seen that too i had kurt benkert booked to come on the show and he's been traveling all over the world so it kind of fell through we're going to get him on eventually but uh, I, the one question I wanted to ask him is, what do people not know about Jordan Love? You were in the quarterback room with him, right? And, and I mean, seeing this comment, like Andy pointed out on Twitter, it really says a lot, right? It, it talks about uh, – I mean, just it's, it's a testament to uh, how good they think he could be, I guess you could say. Uh, let's see here. Um, someone bringing up Myers, you know, in the chat uh, and his inconsistency. And, and it is. It's, it's a worry of mine. Let's hope they can get that, that kink worked out because I do like Zach Tom at right tackle. He looks like just a freaking stud at right tackle. So let's hope that, you know, Myers can get it together. And, of course, Goose being the toxic person he is, says Myers is reliable 65% of the time. 65%. 65%. That's your first one of the day. Um, let's see here. Another one, too, here, as we get ready to get into the defense, you know, matter of fact, let's just do that right now. Let's go ahead and hop into the defensive talk. And uh, let's kind of kick it off with this. We got a comment here. Uh, this comes from Adam Block. He says, safety is pretty darn rough right now, but in the front end handles, if the if the front end handles its business, then it will help overcome that potential weakness. I completely agree, Adam. And, you know, one of the things that I've continued to point, it, point out, and it, it really sticks out to me, is the fact that when you run this quarter's defense, now if we're going to play more man coverage this year, you got to throw throw this out the window. But if you're playing that quarter's coverage and, and playing that too high shell, then you don't need your safeties to perform like superstars. You just need them to be able to tackle when they come down into the box to make that tackle, you know, uh, especially post-snap, that post-snap rotation. Um, that's something they did horrible last year. Now the one caveat is I don't think they could play any worse than they did last year. I think it's impossible, right? But when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, this is what I get excited about, man. When you know we're we're hearing about all these these new pieces, right? Um, but the thing that I keep coming back to, Tim, Gary's probably going to be ready week one. We get Rashawn Gary back week one. Jair Alexander might be the best cornerback in the entire NFL. He's definitely a top three corner, right? If Devondre Campbell's ankle is okay and he's healthy, maybe he could return to that All Pro form. Think about that missing from last year, right? Uh, Enig Barre against New England, a 96.4 PFF grade. It's, it's, guys, that's not just a, you know, people could say that's a fluke all they want. 
you do not perform the way Enigbari performed in that preseason game, then all of a sudden go back to being mediocre. I just don't see it. The things that he was able to do, the straight hand, right? The, the, the straight hand play, the straight arm pass rush. And then, of course, later on, the punch and pull with the speed move around the end, forcing a fumble, jumping on the ball. He looks stronger. He looks quicker. I think that's going to be somebody that we look up at the end of the, maybe even midseason and go, dang, man, Preston Smith might be in a battle for that, <laughs> that number two edge position. Um, and we'll have to see it unfold. But I'm excited about what he's shown so far. You know, who was it? I think it was Paul Brittle on the show a few weeks ago or just last week said, you know, Kingsley and Igbare has quietly had the best camp yet. Like he's just someone that you see day in and day out. He's constantly progressing. Um, that's exciting. Lucas Van Ness against New England. You know, he had a, a rough outing there against Cincinnati. Comes out against New England, a 75.8 PFF grade. You can see it on tape too. His pursuit of the run is second to none. He showed that he showcased that athletic ability he has. Now he just got to mentally pick up the game. And it might be something where we just throw him in there in a pass rush situation and say, hey, go get that guy with the ball, kind of like the water boy, right? <laughs> go get me the ball, basically. Go go hit that guy. Use it as your tackling fuel. <laughs> but And another one's Carl Brooks, 80.4 against New England. Carl Brooks, we did the Chalk Talk segment on him, man. I think, I think they've got a stud there. I'm not as sold on Colby Wooden although I'm excited about him, but Carl Brooks looks like he's belongs. But uh, Tim, I know your ears are perked up as soon as I said defense, man. Um, what's your, uh, what's your outlook for this, this defense here in 2023? Nothing but a bunch of dogs doing what dogs do. That's my outlook. Smothering defense. Uh, it's been a while guys, and uh, it's going to be nice to see it this year. And, all, all the things that we're seeing now are just uh, – it makes me believe. Like, I know we said this last year. I mean, but this year I, be, I really believe. I didn't I – didn't, I don't have the, uh, the what if in my head now. Now we see it translating. I mean, J.J. and Igbari, man, wow, monstrous, monstrous. And like you said, Clayton, if, if we have guys back and we're healthy and we're at full strength, I mean, good luck. I, I mean, I'm confident to play any one of these teams in the National Football League if we're at full strength. So, you know, overcoming injuries and adversity is part of the game, and that's what we're going to have to do this year, which um, I think we will, which kind of brings me to my point. You, you brought up the new signings today. Um, we signed a linebacker in a corner, I believe you said. Uh, Marvin Pierce, Elijah Hamilton. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, camp? camp players or are we getting ready to see some cuts here um soon I'll, I'll tell you this as soon as i seen the linebacker when jake the first thing that came to mind was Tariq carpenter for me because he's been playing like booty right i mean that's mm -hmm. been pretty evident it, it, you know listening to ryan's pod earlier today sounds like he's kind of on the on the chopping block there don't you think i agree i i had said that a few weeks ago that he he just looks like a guy still learning the position and it's getting a little late uh, to be learned that. But then again, he was moved from safety. It's almost like, do we move him back now? <laughs> Just here again? I mean, I don't know. Safety group is obviously everyone's number one concern when it comes to this defense. I, I think we would all agree. And to your point, Clayton, obviously, you know, Jonathan Owens may find the field this year because of his tackling ability, if, if only for that reason. Um, especially with the defense that we're trying to run. So, yeah, for sure. Um, Jacob, what do you think about the defense, Bob? 
I mean, <clears throat> I uh, that Marvin Pierre in, uh, in particularly, he had an RAS of nine point zero eight. He ran a four point five seven forty, so that's kind of intriguing. There, he had a vertical of forty point five. And a really good broad jump as well. So, you know, I don't know much about him, but it just seems like another goody move where you most coaches would have not, you know, I know in years past, you never would have really rotated the group that you had. And Goody's kind of um the way that he operates is that even into that last week of preseason, he's shuffling guys at the back end of the roster, which is a really cool move, really smart move, because you never know when you're gonna find a diamond in the rough. But at the same time, if you already know a guy's floor then why are you still looking at him every single week? Let's find another guy that maybe can make the other team better, the other guys he's going against better. And that's just kind of a cool thing that I think is maybe <clears throat> not quite um, – just just not one of those things that people take for granted about Goody. But specifically with the defense, there was a few PFF grades that I thought we should all take notes of, which some of it is – I think Ryan touched on, but some of it was a little bit more nuanced, which I thought was just really cool. I'll try to blow through these real quick. We all know Kingsley and Igbari. He was the second overall defensive-graded player, guys, right, At, up to date. The second overall, regardless of position, anything. And that's pretty sweet, 93.9. He's the fifth-best pass rush grade in all of football right now. William Hooper, a guy that I'll be honest, I cannot remember to find him when I'm watching the game. I still don't think I've ever watched William Hooper do anything. I don't. He's. I think he's number twenty-seven. I'm gonna try to watch for him from now on because he's the twenty-second overall highest grade, and he's got a you know not not a large amount of snaps, but not a stupid. There's a lot of guys that have a, a higher grade that have a shorter amount of snaps. He's ninth overall in coverage. Tarverius Moore was the sixth ranked overall person in tackling with an 85.0 grade. Anthony Johnson Jr. was 15th overall in tackling. Jimmy Phillips Jr., the, like, I don't know what you'd even call him, sixth or seventh uh, string, he's 43rd in tackling. And then Keyshawn Nixon, 44th overall with a pass rush grade, or 44th overall pass rush grade, which I just, you know, it's preseason. It doesn't really mean anything, but it is interesting to think about that. And that the Green Bay Packers, again, just we're getting a lot of love right now from PFF. It's kind of cool. I hope it, it sustains throughout the whole season. And um, like Andy Monday said in the chat, we're getting ranked this high without guys like Rashawn Gary even touching the field. They're not even there right now. No. So Definitely. it's just, it's, I, I think we're blessed beyond belief to have a lot of talent and a lot of um, deep, deep talent, edge, cornerback, deterior, uh, interior defensive line. I mean, we are set. The only thing that's a question mark is safety, and I think that maybe it seems like it's going to be Owens and Savage, I'd mm -hmm. say, if I had to put a – but Anthony Johnson Jr., I wouldn't be surprised if he takes over by, like, week six. I think that guy is quietly having a really good camp. Yeah, he is. Um, he's one of the one of the few rookies that I'm excited about as well, too. And like you said, Cheesehead Murph in the chat said, who are your week, week one starters at safety? Um, I would prefer, personally, Rudy Ford and I guess Darnell Savage. But it sounds like it's going to be Darnell Savage and Jonathan Owens if, <clears throat> if we're reading into playing time and, and practice time and all that good stuff, right? Um, another good comment here came from Mike Sandoval said the top defensive teams have what in common? A four-man D-line, let's go. And here's the thing about 
the interior defensive linemen. If you look at the good teams across the league, they have good interior defensive linemen. Michael Lombardi talked about it last year, and he was kind of – he wasn't saying that edge isn't important, but he's starting to point out that, look, there's so many teams that think they have a good three-tech, and they don't have a good three-tech. There's They're few and far between. But the teams that do have a good three-technique, right, that, and, and what I mean by three-technique is them lining up between the guard and the tackle, Okay those interior defensive line that they really put stress on the outside shoulder of the guard when you're rushing the quarterback. Even though you're on the outside of the guard, you're still pushing the center of the pocket, and you're kind of taking the center out of that double-team scenario because you're on that outside shoulder of the guard. That stuff is is really important, and that position is very important. But like like Mike Sandoval pointed out here, it, you know, if, if we hit on these guys, if Wyatt comes out strong, if Kenny Clark gets back to form, if TJ Slayton keeps it up with the momentum he's created both at the end of the season last year and what we've seen so far uh, early go here in training camp and, and in uh, preseason, I think you're going to see some interior pass rush. And, and if Carl Brooks or Kobe Wooden or both really come on in that rotation and they show that they can play at this level in meaningful uh, regular season games, I think the sky's the limit to get that inside push like we talked about for sure. So uh, I'm excited about the defense, man. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. One thing I'll tell you guys, what I think we're going to see a lot of, um, just based off of what we've seen so far and kind of the talent that we have, it's going to be hard to stay out of 11 personnel on offense. I think we're going to go heavy 11 personnel because of Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed looking like he, he looks like he is going to step right in and be an impact player. And Luke Musgrave taking all those number one snaps again came out this week, graded out what was it a seventy point three guys? That's good for a rookie. That's a that's a great performance in a game for a rookie, right? And it was against the Patriots, a tough defense, a very stingy defense. Can I ask you a question, Clayton? Yeah, man. If the Packers are going to be doing a lot of eleven personnel, like you say, but what if they start using Musgrave as like a true almost wide receiver, almost like a Z or like a like a you know what I'm trying to say? Like, what if he is technically a tight end and they even have Tucker Kraft maybe in or somebody like that, Josiah DeGuara, but technically he is a tight end on the field, but he's pretty much operating like a wide receiver. Is that still considered, do you have to call that, you know, a certain <clears throat> grouping or because of the fact that they're using him in such a way? Like, how does that work? And how did it work? Like when you had a guy like, um, oh God, Saints guy who we all are mad at because no, 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 the quarterback slash tight end. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. What does that mean when he's on the, on the field? How does a, a guy chart that? Well, you, you've got to kind of pick your poison, you know. You've got to uh, – you've got to – okay, are we going to treat him like a tight end or are we going to treat him like a wide receiver? And that's going to determine what defense you come out in. A big nickel is a good way to respond to that because you've got a safety, an extra safety in there as opposed to a, a corner. So that safety is a little bit better at run defense – but he's off also quick enough to kind of be able to cover better than a linebacker. But we're getting specifically into Luke Musgrave. Here's the thing that I keep seeing in my mind, and I need to get a telestrator where we can actually draw this up like X's and O's since we're kind of limited on what we can show from game tape. But imagine you come out in 11 personnel and you've got Luke Musgrave attached to the line, right? So you're coming out and that, that doubles on 11 personnel and you're running the rock a little bit. And then you go no huddle. Let's say you go turbo package, right? Now I'm not suggesting they'll go no huddle, but let's say they go with a with a quicker, you know, a quicker cadence or whatever, you know, just a just a an up tempo kind of offense. 
And then the next play, you you flex Luke Musgrave out. Guess what's got to happen? You've either got to go to a one-high look and bring a safety over to cover him, or there's going to be a linebacker out there on him. Go back and watch the Super Bowl between the New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks and look at how they lined up Gronk on the outside and had him up against K.J. Wright. That's the first thing that came to mind. Those are the type of matchups. And listen, I'm not saying Luke Musgrave is Robert Gronkowski. Please don't take that out of context. But it's the same type of matchup. It's the same type of matchup putting him out there. Um, when you get into doing that, then guess what's happened? If you do huddle up and they decide, okay, look, this guy's gonna, this guy's too much of a threat. Our linebackers can't cover him. Let's go to a dime package and treat it like it's 10 personnel. One running back, no tight ends, four wide receivers set. Let's put that extra DB in there, right? If they do that, guess what you can do now? Now you bring him back in attached and you run the ball down their freaking throat. That, that's the type of stuff that a, uh, a hybrid tight end can create for you. And it's something we haven't had in a very long time. You know, I said Jimmy Graham, it's the first thing that came to mind. Boy, that was a failed experiment, wasn't it? But oh. we kind of kind of got – Jimmy Graham's a, a great guy. I was glad they signed him. I'm still glad they signed him. I think he's an awesome dude, and I think he did what he could. But he just didn't fit what they were trying to accomplish, you know. And I think they tried to overuse him. I think they tried to tried to fit that square peg in a round hole. But did that answer your question, Jacob? Yeah, no, it did. I just, yeah. Well, the other thing that that stood out to me too, like I said, heavy eleven personnel on the defensive side of the ball. Though I think you're going to get a heavy, heavy, heavy pass rush rotation. Last year we were somewhere around th- somewhere around thirty five percent pass rush rotation. I mean, rotating backups in at about thirty five percent rate. I wouldn't be surprised to see that go to forty because you. You know, you think about someone like Devontae Wyatt and Kenny Clark being able to get a breather just an extra 5% of the time, Tim. And and then you bring in someone like a Carl Brooks, if he is polished enough to actually compete at this level in the regular season. Dude, the sky's the limit. Fresh legs are so underrated in the NFL, man, so underrated. If you've got a deep enough pass rush and a deep, deep enough defensive front that you can rotate those guys in and out, and those offensive linemen are, are looking up going, God, this this guy isn't even sweating right now. And I'm dying out here, right? Like that's that stuff matters. It really matters. But uh yeah. Tim, any any comments there, man, before we move on? Anything you want to add to the the end of that defensive talk there, man? No, I'm still my wrist is locking up. I'm writing notes down as you're talking, because those are some gems right there, Clayton, for real. Um, but you're right, you know, and hey, being young has its perks, right? The legs tend to be a little fresher, even with with the grind here. Uh, you don't have that worn down NFL body quite yet. So uh, it's going to be fun to see the rotations this year uh, on defense. Um, oh, by the way, my uh, my projected starting safeties are um, I would like Rasul Douglas and Dallin Levitt. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just joking. I'm joking. Somebody's been playing Madden over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you. I think it's going to be J.O. and uh, Savage, whether we like it or not at this point, unless somebody steps up. Hopefully uh, Rudy Ford steps up, man. There's still time, so I don't know. And just to confirm, Tim, you've been at, you've been at most of, if not all, the practices. That's what it seems like in practice, too, right? That's the vibe you're getting, those two safeties. When I see the ones, that's what I'm seeing as of late. Um, yeah, and, and yes, I've been to every public practice. Um and try to see as much of the defense as I can. Um, but that that's what it looks like. And and I'm with you, Clayton. It's it's uh I don't want to say Rudy Ford's been underwhelming. It's not like it's not that. It's just right. you're not you're not seeing that next level, you know. Um but then again, let's be honest, we're not seeing it from Savage or Owens either. So Yeah. 
it kind of feels like they're trying to pull that out of those guys, right? It's almost like, hey, look, we got a real, real heavy dose of Rudy Ford last year. We know what his ceiling is. I think that's what they thought. And it was it was pretty decent, right? He was one of my favorite players last year. Maybe they're trying to see can we can we pull a little bit more out of these other guys? I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I understand player evaluation, you know, more than the coaching staff, just like I know you're not and Jacob isn't either. It's just it's it's fascinating, man. I if you had asked me, you know, before camp started. Do you think Rudy Ford uh, will be sitting on the bench while Jonathan Owens and Darnell Savage are your starting safeties? I'd, I'd look at you like you had three heads. I really would. Um, uh, Jarrell uh, in the chat. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm sorry if, I, if I'm not. He says, if the D-line can be Johnny Jolly, Cullen Jenkins, B.J. Raji will be fine. Man, that was that's a blast from the I loved watching Johnny Jolly play, man. That guy Talk was about awesome. some dogs. <laughs> yeah. That's a blast from the past, wasn't it, Jacob? Colin Jenkins was a – people forget, that dude was a little shark for a while. Like, that guy, for about two years, he was he was right up there with one of those, like, guys that were just – it's so weird how the Packers have guys that just flash. We, we, we never seem to have those dominating guys on defense, but we have guys that just flash for, like, a half season, a season, or maybe a season and a half, and then they get kind of cocky and they get their contract, they move away, and we never hear from them ever again. But yeah. Whatever. Rest in peace. Definitely. I was just going to post this one up here. I was going to let it go, but then Goose had to hit me with the 65 too, so we're going to do it. 65%. 65%. That's, that's going to start being the Super Chat theme. Anybody who – if you want 65% pledge, you got to put a Super Chat in. got to put a quarter a in the $65 Super Chat. <laughs> I love it. I love it that that's taking on a, a whole – Persona of its own. That was pretty cool. Let's see here. Uh, what else we got in the chat? Um, nobody's seen this. is a This is a good one here. Split split screen game and said nobody seems to be talking about that. There's no room for Eric Stokes on the field. What do we do with him? And it's a it's a great question. It's one that you guys know. I was very critical of uh, Eric Stokes last year before he got hurt, and I felt like the defense kind of got better. Um, you know, after he sustained his injury and, and kind of went out of the lineup. Now I know people like Ryan and others, and it's it's a good point. They said that they felt like. Um, he struggled when the whole defense struggled. It wasn't necessarily that he was a bad piece. It's just the whole defense was trying to figure out its identity at that moment. You know, who who's to say, you know, whether what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great question there, split screen, that, you know, where do you put him? Where do you put him, Tim, when Eric Stokes comes back? I mean, think about it. He's not a slot corner. I'm not saying he can't be, but it's obvious they don't see him as a slot corner. If Rasul and Jair Alexander are both healthy, right, you're obviously not going to sit either of those guys. And, you know, God forbid one of those guys go down. I guess it then would be Eric Stokes' first man up. But Carrington Ballantyne might have a little say about that too. I mean, he took a little step back last uh, last week. But at the same time, man, I like that he plays aggressive. He's just one of those sticky corners. And he's going to get grabby at times. That's that's what he does. But uh, what do you think, Tim? How do you see uh, how do you see Stokes? Now I want to get your take on it too, Jacob. Um, you know, the injury is the big, the big question mark with him and the rehab. Uh, I mean, actually, the rehab's not a question mark because I've seen it. He's working through this and doing everything he can to get back. This is not a knock on his rehab at all, but it's just the situation that he finds himself in. He missed a lot of time last year, and uh, now he's working back from injury and trying to find a spot on the field with a super deep cornerback room. So he's got an uphill battle either way. And as a Packer fan, it feels good that we have the depth that we have to even have this conversation because we could be having the, man, I really hope Eric Stokes gets back soon because we don't have any corners because we've been there before. And that's not where we're at. So 
where does he see the field? That's a great question because I think Carrington Valentine makes this team for sure. Um, I don't know. Do we uh, do we try Stokes at safety? I'm just I don't know. I'm just hey. trying to be facetious here, but like I, I do think he's talented. But you know, what are the what are the options? Does he start the year on pop? Do they just put him on injured reserve? What do we if they want to keep him? What is the what is the path to keeping this guy? you know, on the roster. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. Where do you see Eric Stokes fitting in, Jacob? Well, Tim kind of stole my thunder. It's going to be Zool and Stokes at safety, Carrington <laughs> Valentine, Jaw on the outside, and then Nixon on the slot, obviously. And then uh, Jonathan Ford's going to drop back into the middle linebacker coverage. So it's going to be good, and we're going to win. And by the way, United Bates just – Go went ahead and did it. He started this off. You see that super chat, Clayton? Uh oh, let's see it. Oh man. Oh no. no. All right. Hey. It is what it is, guys. It is what it is. I'll tell you what. For, for that super chat too, we're gonna we're gonna hit it a couple times for you. We'll put it on loop here for just sixty-five percent. Sixty-five percent. That's what we sixty-five percent. Sixty-five percent. That's what we it gets you the double whammy, man. I'm telling you, the joy in that man's eyes. I know he can out, dude. It's, he's he looks like a little kid, and I love it, man. Hey, United Bates, we we really appreciate you uh, with the super chat there, man. That means the world to us. We we really do. Thank you so much. Um, who is it? Somebody up here in the chat said uh, said you can't have too many boundary corners. I think I may have lost it already. I apologize. I can't highlight who it was. Uh, see, we get we get so off track here, dude. We got to start wrapping up now. This God, this show flew by, guys. It's a fifty three minute mark. We're going to start doing two hours pretty soon. That's what's going to have to happen. But anyway, somebody said you can't have too many boundary corners. I'd like to give credit to whoever said it. It's a great point. Oh, here it is. Split screen gaming. There you go. Yeah, split screen said, having too many boundary corners complicated things last year. Had guys playing out of position. I'm ready to happen again. Okay. That's not what I thought I read, but got it. Um, You definitely don't want people playing out of position. I think that's a great point, man. Um. You know, you can kind of overthink these things. The goal is to get the best 11 out there, right, at all times. And then, of course, you don't want to get caught in a mismatch, and that's why personnel comes into play uh, for sure. All right, guys, let's uh, let's stop chatting. I don't want you guys uh, putting chats in here and us not being able to get to them because we're going to have to wrap this thing up again. We appreciate all the activity. You guys are absolutely awesome. Y'all showed up in force tonight. Um, as I go through the chat here and try to hit a few more, uh, Tim, what's your uh, what's your parting thoughts, man? What do you want to wrap up with here, dude? What's on your mind? Uh, just excited for practice tomorrow. Um, get a look at this D. Uh, get a look at the D line. Get a look at uh, our secondary, the ones, the twos, the threes, the fours, fives, <laughs> whoever else. As we uh, get ready to narrow it down, man, uh, you know, it's it's uh, crunch time, man. We're coming up on on cut week here. So uh, I'm just excited for camp, man. That's that's all that's on my mind. Yeah, Jacob, what you got, buddy? Yeah, so I'm I'm just excited because uh listened to a Matt LaFleur press conference where he talked about he wanted to treat this going into week preseason week three as kind of a game time situation as to how they're going to run their week. If you coincide that with the book I'm reading, The Take Your Eye Off the Ball by Pat Kerwin, which is I cannot recommend enough. There's a chapter in there, which is, I believe, only like chapter two. I'm, I'm just getting into it. It's where it talks about 168-hour work week, where then it breaks down what you do. A team, an NFL team does on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday, so on. And basically, it sounded like that LaFleur was 
today trying to make this a true Monday, give the guys a time off, look at some film. Uh, anybody that has any sort of medical issues, get that figured out. And then they're going to go into building their game plan. And it sounds like that he's pretty much said that Jordan Love is going to play and what, how much time I think will be dictated as to how the game goes. If they go out there, have a perfect drive. I want to see that then get him out. That's cool. I don't want to see anything else other than that. I'd like to see some other positional players. Um, I want to see something in, in the edge, the wide receiver room. Obviously, I can't wait to see more Sean Clifford. I'm just excited, excited, excited about every single everything about this team. Other than the fact that I want to see more consistency from a lot of different positions, most of all the kicker, the special teams unit. And if we can have if we can have another full, solid, good week of building on the progress we've made these last two weeks, I'm more than confident that week one we are smoking those bears in chicago so love it hey you can't smoke get bear though. you do smoke bear at the smoke shop I there smoke Jacob? Bear. i eat bear raw yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just say jake don't do it don't make me do it what did you just say jake i didn't know what you just said I, I, I think i said i eat bear raw i don't know that's what she said <laughs> all right we're off the rails now we, we we had a conversation right. about this before. Copyright's gone. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love this crew, man. This show sucks. This show sucks, and I love it. All right, I want to say this: uh, United Base just became a new member, uh, new YouTube member. Hey, we appreciate it, man. It's so cool seeing people like Chad. Congratulate him too, man. You guys are awesome. Um, we appreciate you supporting the stream, and uh, it's just just always fun getting on here talking ball with you guys. And uh, especially with you, uh, Tim and Jacob, I appreciate your time, man. You guys are awesome. So uh, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back tomorrow. Tim, you, did you say you're going to be at practice tomorrow? Did I understand that right? Bright and early. I'll be there. My man. All right. Well, we'll try to go live same time tonight, guys. We'll go for 7 Central, 8 Eastern. That sound good to you, too? Yeah, that'll work. Awesome, man. We're looking forward to your camp updates there, uh, Tim. And I know we'll have some other good topics to, to talk about. So uh, as we get ready to part here, the one thing that we ask is uh, – you get a chance, go on Twitter, find these people that were saying all these things that, uh, you know, Jordan Love was going to suck and the Packers were doomed and all those things. And just don't be rude. Don't be mean. Just just hit them up with a, a kind comment, a little politeness, and just say, hey, listen, uh, no, nah, we're not letting you go back on your comments, Bob. It's not how it works. Sorry about it. Sorry. It's just not how it works. And if they come back with you with some stuff, you just let them know. I'm a man. I'm 40. All right. Don't take any. Don't take any. You dish it out. All right. We're out of here, gang. We appreciate your time. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go back up. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense.